Hey there. Um, yeah. So, Mr. Robot, interesting episode. A lot happened on this one. It's called Metadata. This is episode four of season three. I liked it. Um, I've watched it about four times right now. They're, um, they held to the theme of metadata. There was a lot of, a lot of metadata in this uh, episode. How things were created, the origin of those things, seemingly small details that form a greater picture, fill in a puzzle, um, direct you to the source of something. So yeah, I think they get that jo- that job done pretty uh, pretty easily. Did you like the episode? I did like the episode. I thought it was it went really fast. I wanted more. Yeah, I could have watched another 40 minutes, another hour. Um, so they certainly got, you know, whereas in season two, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff to consider and ponder. And I felt like after every episode, I would have to sit down and really um, take it in. This is moving really quickly and there's a lot, a lot of stuff in there, but it's not as dense. And therefore, um, I'm consuming the show a little bit differently this season, I think. Um, for that purpose, I am going to do scene by scene, not a recap per se, but just so I can keep my own train of thought, uh, about this show. Um, I don't know, maybe that's just a, a lack of talent on my part, but I am going to go in the order of the scenes as they occurred for the most part, because this is kind of, I just made some different observations on the fourth viewing of this. So we're on the, uh, the train with Darlene. And the pink-haired girl steals her wallet. And what we get out of the scene is several things. But the most important thing is that Darlene is in a really sad, dark, isolated, fucked-up place. Um, She's sort of our main focus of this episode. What is going on within Darlene is um, disturbing. And I feel very, very sad for Darlene. Like, just looking at Carly's face this entire episode... And how she's just living in no man's land um, made me want to cry. Um, so this, she she wakes up on the train and she discovers that her wallet's been stolen. And she tells the pink-haired uh, pickpocket, you know, hey, I, I just, I need my wallet. You're a shitty pickpocket. The only thing she wants back is the Polaroid of her and Elliot and her parents, uh, the infamous photograph. And tells the girls to keep it because she's like, hey, you know, I've already robbed you anyway and the knitting lady and the frat boy, so I already did this to you, so blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I also totally murdered uh, a lady. So, um, so, and then she confessed, you know, she's just bald-faced confessing to the 5-9 hack and, and the murder of Susan Jacobs, but doesn't really name names, places, or things and I'm figuring pink-haired girl uh, probably won't report that to the authorities, being a pickpocket and whatnot. What bothers me about this is stuff like this that will distract me for days. I'm like, how is she going to get around? You know, where's her Metro card? Was it in her wallet? What about her driver's license? Don't you need that shit to get around in this world? Or is she, And see, that's very worrisome to me. You know, people who are like on a, who have a death wish or have deep depression, they start giving away valuable things. So it wasn't a good sign. But she did take the Polaroid, right? So she's living under the uh, FBI, literally, and Elliot comes uh, 
rolling up. I thought that Comet uh, electric truck was some like big part of his hack that he had done. Nope, he was just hiding behind it. Um, so he's walking up to, he's tracked himself, he's tracked that link, that fishing link that Norm clicked out on, and he's he's tracked Darlene back to her apartment, and he's got his lockpicking kit. Now, Darlene is out, but Dom and um, Norm are seeing him get into her apartment. And I still think they had this impression that that uh, Elliot is second banana to Tyrell. They still don't have any true idea of his significance. Um, I don't think those on the outside do. Only White Rose, uh, Terrell, Irving, and obviously Angela know Elliot's significance. So he's in the apartment and Norm is like going, we should just pick him up. And she's like, no, we're not going to burn this whole situation. We're not going to do this. We're not, you know. And she goes and interferes and just tells Darlene, hey, don't act naturally. He's in your apartment. And when we walk in, and when she walks in, I'm thinking, okay, we, we're playing this game this season. Is he robot? Is he Elliot? Because the show isn't always going to give you that Christian Slater versus Rami Q. At least I don't think that's true. I don't think they're so on the nose this season. Not like season uh, one and two where it was like... Obvious. Yeah. yeah, because we're, again, we're playing with duality. So he's sitting at the her table. I'm still trying to figure out what the puzzle was on the table. I'm going to say pictures of Budapest, postcards of Budapest. That's, I'm sure someone's figured it out and said, but I didn't have a chance to research that. So he's sitting there at the table, and he's got all the series of questions that we have, like, hey, I thought you were leaving town. Um, how come you got an apartment? How do you afford this? Because we know that you have no job. And you've been homeless up until now. So she is clearly afraid of him uh, because she's come away from, she's left him where he's grabbed her and thrown her up against the wall as robot. And he turns on the Rabbler, this voice protector machine, and goes, oh, I, I, I told you to walk away from this. And she's like, I told you to leave. What happens in this scene is... It, it kind of struck me that I didn't get it until like maybe the second watch is that he steps to her and he gets in her face about, well, I noticed that my computer was all rigged up and hacked and why the fuck are you hacking me? And then she's like, take another step and I'll, I'll fucking scream. You're not going to hurt me again. And Elliot all of a sudden realizes that Mr. Robot has hurt her. And up until this time, he's been his sister's protector. And now He's her attacker. So I think that performance, at least by Rami, told me that he was crushed by that and that she's terrible. You know, she's terrified. And she's like, look, if, if she said, and if this is him I'm, t- I'm talking to, then yeah, I hacked you. I don't fucking trust you. So back off. And then he's like, Darlene, it's me. So it was a confused Elliot who came to her apartment. Feeling like you hacked me. This is he's pissed off about the hacking thing, and he doesn't. He doesn't. We don't think he knows that the FBI is sitting right there. I don't know that he knows he's on their radar. Um, but he's certainly suspicious and has the voice protector nonetheless in this conversation. So yeah, uh, and he says I'm not going to hurt you, but Mister Robot has no qualms in hurting people. 
and she's warning him, you know, I told you not to work with this guy. He's, he's still around and you have to listen to me, uh, you know, and, and he's really dangerous. And he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you hack me. We don't do that to each other. So in Elliot's code book, you know, them hacking each other is a huge betrayal between the two of them. And then from this conversation, we glean that uh, she figures out the robot is working with Dark Army. And that's kind of like you're like tracking with that, her acknowledging, oh, so, so robot, you are working with Dark Army. And he's like, it seems so. Next, we're in the Angela um, Irving scene at the Red Wheelbarrow, having a Monday morning staff meeting on a Friday. And the weird thing about this, so, so he's smacking away on the ribs. And he's asking her if she's been tailed, and she's like, SDRs are second, uh, now second nature to me. Did three cover stops, nothing. Okay, here's my question. How did Angela become James Bond? She's her character for me. She's all over the map. I don't know why she's bugging me in that she's gone from being whatever she was at All Safe to the two or three other jobs she had before. She was in PR. And then she's, now she's like. Darlene must have taught her that. Because remember they were doing the whole um, femtocell thing. And she's like, don't get tracked. And this is what you do. Yeah. I mean, Angela's intelligent. I just, I don't know. It's like, I feel like she's, she's wearing a new skin every time I see her. It's distracting. She's just like, SDRs, I've got them down. You know, it's a little, I don't know. Her character doesn't feel very fleshed out to me at times, or it feels just um, malfitting. You know, maybe it'll make it all it'll all make sense after ten episodes. Anyway, and she did some cool stuff in this episode that I quite liked. Uh, I thought Portia did some some good shit, but we'll get to that. So now Irving is telling her in this uh, little meetup that uh, we get the official word where to go on September 29th. So that's ten days from now. And he's reminding her that White Rose is a stickler for the timetable. And he's like, you think you can manage these two knuckleheads? Because she put a lot of faith in you. Um, And then she talks about the shipping delays. And he's like, good thing we got this guy on the inside, right? Good thing you got your buddy Elliot there, whose job is supposed to be speeding up those um, deliveries. When, in fact, we know he's doing the opposite uh, during his day job. She doesn't know that yet. So she commits to this very stringent deadlines. And I don't know how many, I think they've only gotten like maybe 20 facilities, 17 facilities, you know, delivered. And we're not even really sure that those have been properly delivered at all. Maybe Elliot sent them all back. Um, so then He's like, can you get this done? And she's like, sure, no problem. You know, she's got the little Angela smile on her face. Like, yeah, got it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and then she asks about the emergency evacuation because this is on her mind of maybe knowing Elliot the way she does. This is a huge concern of hers that no one need not be killed. And she's asking Irving to assure her that they've checked about the emergency evacuation protocols. And he's like, well, if we hit our timeline, we're good. Uh, what I think people who are dealing with Irving should probably know is that his word is about as good as Elliot's recollection of things. He just easily just goes, sure. I don't know why people just take his word because 
He's literally a used car salesman. He's got the trusty mug. He's the last person in the world you should believe. Maybe I just grew up in a world where I know what kind of people used car salesmen have to be. No offense against you guys for doing your jobs, but we know. You got you to gotta tell a story or two. So she says she's confident. Um, and then we cut to Elliot's uh, back at his place where he's torn his apartment apart. He's done this deep search for bugs, any kind of surveillance devices to make sure no one's like listening in. And then they had this conversation about he thinks that Tyrell's going ahead with stage two. And he's gotten all this research on it. That's what he's been doing is researching it. And she goes, good, send it into the FBI under a tip. And he's like, no, I want to be the one that, that finds these guys. I want to see where this leads. And she's like, what the fuck? Why do you want to do this? This is not even you. This is a terrorist attack. You don't hurt people. This is not your deal. And he's like, I know. And then he says this really key thing for the end of the episode. There's something inside me that can't let go of what we started. So Elliot, the, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. You know, there's there's that dark side, light side. But even the light side of Elliot is just, you know, who, who kicked this all off, who created this altar. He's excited by this project. He's excited by the coming terrorism on some level. Um, but we'll get to why I think, and I'll get your opinion on why that is. Um, so he says, look, the, the, the way to hunt these guys down, because she's like, let's just track them down, get this fucking over with, and get on with our lives as best we can. And he's like, well, the best lead we have is me. So then he suggests to her, you know, um, that she live in Shayla's empty apartment across the hall from him. And keep an eye on him, like stake him out. Because he explains to her, during the day I don't shift. But at night is when I tend to switch over to robot. So now he's got Darlene hanging out in his dead girlfriend's apartment. And there's a slight kind of pause over the loss of Shayla. Because he sort of talks about when we were dating, whatever they were doing. And then she kind of says something weird about, do you come in here and hang out? I thought that was weird, you know, just Elliot just going and sitting and crying in Chela's empty apartment with Flipper in his lap. Seems very, very sad. Maybe he drags Cordy over there. I don't know. Um, and she finds it weird. She says something like, you know, it's weird, but we passed weird a long fucking time ago. And they do have this tender moment where I think he's still parsing what she said back at her apartment. And it's like, hey, whatever he does, it's not me. And she's like, I know. Um, you know, because she desperately loves Elliot. I mean, there's no love for Mr. Robot from anyone, but she desperately, you know, loves her brother. Okay. So then we come, uh, come over to this weird scene. So White Rose has her lover assistant plant, uh, this guy named uh, Sasan Nuri as the F society guy out of Iran guy eating fruity pebbles, uh, watching, uh, love actually. And, um, that just kind of goes down. We saw that in the trailer of the guy. So this is the guy who made the S Society video, correct? I think so. Yeah. Because I noticed that the F Society video that they showed to Darlene, he had a beard. And this Nori guy had a beard. I'm like, oh, he's going to have a bearded guy. There you go. And then, they, well, when I first saw that uh, trailer, I was like, oh, my God, did they bring Mowgli back for some strange reason? Um, so now we've got Elliot working uh, – 
is at work and he's still screwing with these records, these delivery routes. And this is where he's saying to himself, you know, why do I find this exciting? And he's putting his head down on his desk and kind of going, oh, my God. And here we see, here's Elliot like he was at All Safe. He's wearing the same, a nicer gray shirt, a more fitted, you know, gray shirt. But he's sitting next to this sexist piece of shit talking about Poon all the time. And she's there. It's almost like life hasn't really changed. And he's being asked to go to a work party. It's almost like I felt like we were back at all safe, only they're both like really, really messed up now. It wasn't like that first scene when we see them together. And she's, you know, she's her own kind of corporate robot all in white. You know, she's just wearing a lot of white. But she comes over and she catches his screen real quick. And she's like, what are you working on? And he's like, nothing. It's boring. Just an encryption thing. You know, the new consolidation. And she not for, she doesn't believe it for a second. She's like really curious about that. And he even admits to himself, he's like, that was a terrible lie. Um, there's no way she believes me. And she didn't. But he does ponder. He's sitting here thinking, you know, maybe I should just give all this up and go back to my TV and Ikea furniture and just let this happen and be cool with it. But yeah. All right. So let's go over the questioning of Nori. Um, so Dom questions Nori and she gives, um, she's asking like, do you know Elliot Alderson? Do you know Darlene Alderson? Do you know Tyrell? And when she mentions white rose, he flicks his eyes over at her pretty much saying, what? Um, maybe none of those guys think that the FBI is smart enough to know about White Rose. But later on when she's talking to Norm, Norm is like, this is totally F society. Because Norm goes, I'm with F society. And he's like, it's totally them. This is like them to the bone. And she's like, no fucking way would F society, these amazing hackers, just hand themselves over. Like this, basically this guy put a Vimeo out there that led us straight to his door. There's the red curtain. There's the old school video player. Like he handed himself to us. And Norm's like, look, White Rose is a boogeyman. There's no, that's just lore. And there's chatter out there since we picked this guy up. So I think we got one of their main ops. Because the idea was that White Rose would plant the origins of society out of Iran. So Nori being on American soil coordinating with F society back in Iran. That's what I took from that. People were still worrying and wondering. I think that's directly what that is. I don't think there was a mystery to that one. Yeah, that that seemed pretty clear. I mean, you know, I don't know what the Fruity Pebbles and the love actually mean. Just, you know, that there were funny moments. But, um, yeah, he handed himself over. I guess my question is, what would, like, someone like Nori get in exchange for this? I don't know. I was sort of half expecting in that scene for him to, like, have a cyanide capsule or something, you know, because that's right. their M.O. is to... That's Dark Army's M.O. Dark Army's to... And he's Dark Army. That's their M.O. to, you know, take themselves out of the situation. Um, I think the, uh, an interesting thing... Well, that, that was Norm's point, right? Norm said if he was Dark yeah. Army, he would have killed himself. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it was interesting to play with, a, 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 with just with that scene, um, uh, timeline issues and... You know, when, when Zhang is talking to um, Frank, is that the, is that Frank it? Cody, yeah. Frank Cody, 
he mentions, okay, let's, you know, make sure that the origins come, like you said, out of Iran. So it's like that film was made, I mean, before we even see this, uh, the film, it, it was just, it was made right after that. Mm-hmm. And then um, Darlene the, the F Society see, videos yeah, we're talking about, yeah. F, that F Society, that, that uh, sort of, um, what is it, Wild Goose Chase uh, video. Yeah. So it's 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 not like everything is in order as we're seeing it. Exactly. It was, you know, way right after that whole conversation happened, what, two episodes ago? Yeah, and I think, well, the obvious thing that, that Esmail does in the series in general is that he plays with time. And this whole thing is about time on one form or the other. You know, again, we're talking about literally a, the building of a Hadron Collider or some sort and, you know, a white rose playing with time. And I think the timeline of the story does yeah. that very thing. So you have to stitch it back together and pick it up. Um, now we're over back at uh, Elliot's place, and he comes back from his work party. So he actually goes to the work party, which is weird. I guess the Zoloft is working. And um, Darlene steps out and is like, hey, you're, you know, got that Armani exchange get up on. Copy that. And... Um, He's asking her if she's going to be able to stay awake because the idea is that she's going to stay up all night long and, and sort of check out what comes and goes at his door. And he asks her if she's able to stay awake, and she's like, I did an eight ball, so I'm golden. There's some really good funny lines in this. Um, Kyle Bradstreet wrote this episode. I thought he did a hell of a job. So, you know, she's like, well, hey, so are you about to go to bed or something? He goes, no, I'm going to walk Flipper. And she goes, well, I'll come with. And... Again, this this scene made me almost, I think I did choke up. They were walking along and um, she's saying, hey, you know, like if we track down the Dark Army and Tyrell and, and someone murders me, you know, will you revenge me? And I'll do the same for you. Like if you're murdered, I'll, you know, avenge kill in your name. Let's make a vengeance pact. And he's like, is that even a thing? And she's like, it can be for us. So, I mean, in any other relationship, walking around, this would be huge alarm bells. But this is Elliot and Darlene, who to them just making a binge murder pact is like nothing. Also, Elliot is so mentally ill and fractured that he doesn't take this as a huge warning sign. Or maybe he can't register it or deal with it. I don't know. But for her to say this, I don't know. And then he turns around and says, you know, I've been terrible to you all these weeks. I've been, you know, you're my fucking sister. What have I been doing? And then they have this, you know, this hug. And I'm like, are we, damn, again, are are we saying goodbye to this character sometime soon? Because there's like, Nine million things that happen in this episode where I'm like, what's going on here? So I don't know. Any feelings about this scene on the sidewalk, the pin the 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 vengeance murder pact? I thought it was I thought it was very odd too. Um just the just the topic of conversation. And then I also got this the feeling of of uh are we are we gonna see this uh this character um, go the way that of of like the rest of the F Society guys, 
You know, is is she now uh, dispendable? You know, she and then, could be. And then, like when he turns to her, and we it's that shot lo- we're looking down on them, and he turns to her and he's like, "I'm sorry." And the way he says it, I thought something was going to happen right there. Yeah. It was just weird. Uh, and maybe it was just the way he said it, but I, th- I I had this feeling that that he knows – maybe he doesn't know, but Mr. Robot is, is going to orchestrate her death. Possibly. So it was it was that t- sort of weirdness Yeah, because Mr. It. Robot doesn't have – he doesn't have any warm and fuzzy feelings for her at all. But what what really is is confusing to me is is that you know before we even meet Elliot in season one, and there are the the original F Society group are working out of the arcade. They seem to get along just great. Yeah, Mr. Robot was never his personality is kind of bug- bugging me too. What they did with Mr. Robot in season three is very strange because all of a sudden he is like hyper evil. Yeah. Because he he could he easily worked alongside all the guys, all of those yeah. guys. But he was like you know maybe a little. He drove her crazy because he would come and go and flit in and out, and Mister was Mister Devil May Care, but he he ran that crew. Yeah, but they they. But have, then he did turn dark on Romero, and again we have a lot of good feelings that he probably yeah. notions that he killed uh, Romero. So. But they've done that with all of the the characters, though. I mean, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, you know, Angela sort of bugs you. Not bugs you, but you're like, what? what's, so, what's different? And I feel the same way about Darlene. Mm-hmm. You know, Darlene who was, you know, who was working with Mr. Robot and so eager to, you know, um, fuck the FBI and all this kind of stuff. Now she's like, it's like, do they really have her? I mean... I mean, I I, they, I, they, they really have her, but I mean, yeah. like her whole—it's like do they have her. Well, it's like what did you, what did you guys do to make her so afraid? And I know, you know, she's probably afraid of Dark Army as well. Yeah, well, I think she's caught of, between a rock and a hard yeah. place. and and Angela, it's like, win. what did White Rose tell you? Yeah, to make you this new Angela. So it's it's and, um, I, and she does ask, she asks that of Irving. She said, "Did she show you?" And he's like, "Yeah, she shows me." And you know, he gives this kind of like example of they could have grown these delicious you know ribs in a lab or something. Anything's possible. But she's got this. The only reason I'm doing all this crazy shit and betraying everybody is because we have this possibility of a, a completely different uh, alternative uni- universe, parallel universe out there. So motivations are interesting because I think Darlene's motivation is she wants the good old days back. She wants simpler times back. She wants, well, we cut to the next scene where she's sitting in Shayla's empty apartment. She's just watched uh, or is about to watch uh, Shazam, um, 1996 Sinbad Shazam. Oh, yeah. I saw it, yeah. Totally awesome, terrible movie that is awesome and terrible to watch. And then she switches over and she's she's looking up trips to Budapest for like six ninety nine because she's thinking about her dead boyfriend and how he's like, don't you wish we were just a normal couple, you know, fighting over the water bill and planning trips to Budapest? And she's she's in a very her metadata is adding up to I want people, I want normalcy, I want. I don't want any of this. You know, before she was all rah, rah, war, war, cut the balls off the Wall Street bull and drop it on Congress and let's go. 
And, you know, she's stripped down. She's walking around basically in her pajamas. You know, she's, when you start wearing sweats outside, you've given up. Um, And then when she's sitting there, you know, doing this, she sees Robot, Elliot has Robot sneaking out around, you know, just before two. And then she tracks him and sees that he's meeting up with fucking Angela. By the way, I got this whole thing about sleep. I don't know when Angela's sleeping. I don't know when Elliot's sleeping, but no one's getting a whole lot of sleep anyway. Um, well, it might be, it might be um, certain days of the week. Well, this could be Saturday. Yeah, or I think, or, or I think or Friday. Remember, like, it was Friday night. It was Friday in the morning when we see Angela meeting up with Irving. He says, "I know ribs for breakfast." So that no, was no, Friday no. morning. It's, it's it's ten days out. Okay, so we're not. So I think it's because oh, we skipped ahead. We're, we're ahead yeah, of we time. skipped ahead because by the time they meet with Tyrell at at um at the spot, and and Angela is explaining to Tyrell what he what um, Elliot's doing. He's like, well, no, maybe not. By the maybe it's a few days because by the time he talks to Irving. It's only a weekend, so yeah. I think we do jump. We do so, jump ahead. So maybe he, maybe he, you know, he 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 flips over, you know, Tuesday, Thursdays. Sure, maybe so. so I don't know. Yeah. But also, Angela can come and go. She's, you know, well, as we say, she rolls heavy with the the big bosses. Anyway, so they go to the lair. I don't think I don't get the impression. Correct me if I'm wrong. That Darlene fully tracks them all the way to the lair. Maybe she did. Um, but I think she saw enough that she knew she had something for Dom. Which we'll get to later, but I don't. I didn't get the impression. Again, you don't have a wallet. You don't have money. How are you hailing cabs? Yeah. Did she track them? You know, I'm. So we don't really know. And it's probably obvious, but I, you know, she could have tracked them all the way to the lair. So Angela and Robot are at the lair, and then Tyrell learns what Elliot's been up to during the day at work about this whole routing thing. And his his reaction, classic Tyrell, he breaks shit and screams, the manifest is a fucking mirage. And then he turns on Angela about the new timeline and like, what was he even working there in the first fucking place? And she's like, look, we're here to talk about options. Everybody just calm down. It's not impossible. We can work this out. And then he says, you know, not only is this your fault, it's all his fault. And he gets himself into this lather. And there were some really great lines here, but I thought this was a great scene uh, between the three of them with Portia not really saying a whole lot, but Martin going on this like screaming tirade with Christian who's seated at the computer this entire time away from Terrell, who's talking at his back. And he's like, um, it's his fault. And I need to tell the dark army about this. This motherfucker right here. Look what he did. And she's like, I don't think you need to tell the dark army about this because that has consequences for all of us. Not just Elliot, all three of us. And um, he's like, look, maybe I can reason with them. And Robot for the first time pipes up and says, never appeal to a man's better nature. He may not have one. And then Angela goes back into that thing of like, look, we can arrange to have um, the Western facilities. We can fly those records in. Trucks will take care of the East Coast. We can do this. And then I will, I'll make sure that he doesn't interfere this time. 
And then Terrell goes, what? You can promise this motherfucker won't stop us again when he wakes up in the morning. And Robot's like, you can talk to me. And you can just see on Slater's face, like, what's about to come. And he's like, okay, face it, Elliot. If that's who I'm even talking to. We worked nights together for over six weeks to prepare this project. Would you spend your days... Um, you know, disrupting everything we do. You as a person make no sense. You are a liability. And I'm like, ooh, dude, I don't know if he's ever really shown you his robot face. So robots like, you know, our goal hasn't changed and Tyrell's not having any of it. He's like, I can't do this back and forth shit anymore. You had one simple directive and that's to maintain in control as robot until we get this executed. And robots like, there's not like a fucking on and off switch, dude. And he's like, how it works is I'm here now. So don't forget whose operation this is, is what he says to Terrell. But this is the, this is hilarious. These two exchanges. He's like, I once thought you to be a God. I loved you, but now I see how foolish I am. This is Terrell. And, uh, and how inferior you are like a fucking cockroach. You messed up for the last time I'm taking over. So no, this is no longer your operation. This is mine. Now, we knew this was coming, but Robot jumps up, pushes Terrell across the room, pins him to the wall, and is choking him out. Listen to me, you Swedish scumfuck. This is my revolution. I am the architect. Do you understand? The only reason you're here is that I allowed you to be. Don't forget, I could have pulled that trigger, trigger twice. Now, while he's choking out Terrell... He starts to glitch out. He starts to malfunction. Now, Angela, who's been watching this buildup and this explosion and this fight, is just kind of like watching to see how it's going to play out because she's trying to, like, wrangle both of these guys. But she starts to notice that Robot is slipping into Elliot. And I don't, I kind of like the way she was standing there with her arms out. It was kind of... I don't know, it was creepy and also kind of cool how she was just like, oh, shit. And she goes over to Robot and is like, you know, holds his face in her hands like, you okay? Hey, you all right, buddy? And there's Elliot going, Angela, what's happening? And sees Terrell. Why is he here? And Terrell's over there going, he's fucking crazy. I want him out. He's unfit to do this op and all this kind of stuff. And he just kept keeps repeating to her, please tell me what's happening. Please tell me what's happening. Please tell me what's happening. And then she sticks him with a syringe and he just sort of like sees his eyes are moving down her body. <laughs> just like him dropping. He's just like boob floor. Boom. <laughs> it's like, damn son. She went in there straight up though, like a gangster and put him out. So now we're in the bar. This is Darlene in the bar with Dom. What we do know well, okay, now, I'm, now I'm, I'm putting it together. I think she goes all the way to the lair. She does, because this is the deal she makes with Dom. First of all, she gets Dom to buy her a drink, and they have this exchange where she's trying to, like, do what Dom had promised her. Like, we're going to be best little girlfriends when they first uh, were in the interrogation room. So she has, to, she has to wave a cab down and follow the other cab. I think so, because here's what she does. Tell me if this, is, this, is, this makes sense. So she says to Dom, first I get into the whole thing, like, where are you from, T-Nick, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know... Uh, relationship status and Dom's like they and she's like oh you're using the they thing why the coded silence the FBI not into muff divers stuff like that 
And Dom is, you know, we find out that Dom is gay. You know, great. Who cares? She said, well, it just keeps things simpler. And um, whatever Darlene says, whatever diddles your whittle or whatever it is. But she's then. Diddles your skittle. Diddles your skittle. That should be a t-shirt. And then Dom is like. So your relationship status? And we're going, what the fuck, Dom? Because we know she's just so shitty in social situations. And she's like, well, my last relationship didn't work out really well. Remember, you were there. And Dom is like, ah, face palm. Like, damn it. Don't. Don't. Um, this is why I don't do this social thing. But then they get into, Darlene's kind of leading up to something. And she says, look, man. Uh, if I go in, I'm going in without a wire. And Dom's like, there is no fucking way. She goes, it's the only way I'm doing it. It's the only way I'm going to do it. And she just tells her straight up. She goes, when I do this and you're all popping crystal over, like, you get Tyrell, understand something. It's game over for me. Uh, I may have immunity, but I'm going to lose my brother. And she knows that. Or her life. Or her life. But I think even if they give her immunity and they retire out to like, Wherever, she's never going to see her brother again. The last thing that she has in the world is Elliot. As flawed and as fucked up as he is. The last person who loves her the way he does. Understands her. They understand each other. She's getting to understand Mr. Robot. But she understands Elliot from the way back. And now she's about to give that up. So she is utterly and purely alone in this world. So she's like, I'm going to roll in there myself. So she knows where there is. I think she somehow found the lair. So that answers my question from earlier. I mean, I would imagine she would just go, oh, they got in a cab together. That's all the information that I have. Because all that would be doing is putting Elliot and Angela into the four. And they already know those people are connected. They know that Angela planted the femtocell. This is nothing new to them. So tracking to Terrell is the information that she would have had to have given up to Dom. So forest for the trees, but I just caught up myself. At least I caught it up on the uh, podcast as it was happening and not later going, no. Um, okay, so now with Tyrell and Irving are having a meeting. And Tyrell is such an, he's such an emotional bitch. Uh, and he's like, I can't work with him anymore. He's dead to me. Our partnership is over. And, uh, you know, and Irving is like trying to be the middle manager here, you know. And, and Tyrell is like... We can't do the trucks thing. We can't do that many amount of trucks. It's going to draw attention. <laughs> and Irving's up. that sounds like a YP problem, not an MP problem. Or not a, that's a, a YP and not an MP. And talks about the strict schedule and Monday has to happen. No way. Because, you know, we know this is the vote. We know this is the UN vote that she wants this to happen perfectly timed, right? And then Tyrell's like throwing a fit going, you don't understand. I lost my partner. We were supposed to be gods together, but it's over. Um, and he says the same shit earlier about gods, 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 gods. You know, I used to love you, Elliot, when he's throwing the fit. Now I don't. Again, I'm I'm hoping in the bigger scheme of things that Tyrell's God talk, because it just, it feels a little schmaltzy now. It feels a little, I'm embarrassed for Tyrell that a grown man is speaking like this, because he seems a little too immature and out of it to be pulling off this op either. Um, and I think that's what we're counting on because, well, what Irving does with it, Irving understands Terrell by now. 
He's been out with the woods in the woods with him, and he, he gets this guy. So he's like, hmm, let me try something. You know, his social hacks is what he's good at. So he's like, hey, man, you know, maybe you don't need to be gods with this guy. Maybe you're the only god in the room. And he he, he really gets into Tyrell's sense of, you know, his lack of confidence and his sense of self and purpose. And he gives him this little speech like, you were destined for this, Tyrell. This is your moment. This is the moment you were born for. You cannot turn away now, you know. And it totally works like a charm. He totally unlocks locks Tyrell there and has him in his hand. And Tyrell's like, okay, all right, I, can, I think I can make this work. I, I think I've got a thing I'm going to do. And we don't know what it is. We have no idea what it is. But before he even, like, pursues that with Irving, he's like, I can't, I can't get to the baby monitor anymore. Like, he's trying to hack in. I guess that they changed systems. Um, Joanna's gone off the radar. You know, I want you to, I want to, but it doesn't matter. I want to see them in person. And the three of us are going to go to the Ukraine on Monday after stage two is executed because they don't extradite to the U.S. from the Ukraine. So he's got this all uh, figured out. This is what he wants. And Irving is like, okay, I'll get to that. Sure. Sure. Okay. And we know that Irving's word is meaningless. And then he's like, I want to make sure that uh, Joanna is okay. Now, what you reckon is going to happen? When Terrell finds out that Joanna is straight up dead and his baby's in social services. And does he find out before he executes or after he executes? Or, I mean, it's just going to be messy. It's going to be because it's converging on this. I don't know if they're going to get it done in episode five or six, but we know that his last request of Irving is. Uh, that he needs the full force of the Dark Army. And we know from the preview of the next episode that um, E-Corp's been fucked up and shit. Somebody raided in there and, like, tore some shit up. So, but then you cut and you got your next scene where Angela calls Price. Price is ro- he's riding in his car. And she's asking Philip Price, of all things, of all people, to fire Elliot and br- ban him from all uh, E-Corp branches and subsidiaries. Like, anything to do with E-Corp. Ban him. And he's like, okay, and why? And she said, don't ask me why. Uh, I have my reasons. And you're right. You have every right to, to question them. But discretion is key here. And I really need you to do this thing for me. And you know, I'll, I'll return the favor. I'm good for it. So, again, one more time. I'm very confused by who Angela is supposed to be. And once again, I'm very confused by this relationship that she has with Price. That I miss something. Like, he meets her for five minutes, he gives her money for shoes, they go out and have one meal. He hands her the two people who signed off on her mother's death. She gives him Washington Township, uh, a key piece in the lawsuit that turns it in their fate. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. Um... But we, where she's making this call from her apartment, and as the camera tracks, robots sitting at her table. Um, I think struggling to a stay awake and b stay in place as robot because this is daytime hours. This is not his usual shift. So I feel like he's just sort of sitting there trying to hang on to robot, and he's like, he's just whinging on about, he can't believe that Elliot did this. You know, he's fucked them with the whole routing schedule. And she's like, you just do what you do best, which is fight him off. 
I feel like that's what's going on with him at the table. He's just like really trying to fight it. And then she gets this text from Irving that, you know, says that stage two is actually going to happen on Monday. So whatever Terrell's planning, which seems like it's going to be a violent thing, which could be what I had suggested earlier, is does he just go for all the facilities at once? And they plant the blame on obviously not tracing it back to China. But could they, could he be planning? Because I feel like he's going to use violence. He's going to take all of the trucks and planes and hit them in some way. Or hit all the facilities where they stand. I feel like it's something like that. If it's a full force of the dark army, and you know those people are all over the place, I feel like it's something in the vein of that. Like attacking the, the, the records en route? Yeah, en route or where they stand, just wherever they are. I feel like that's what he would do and and have a way to, um, like I said, pin that on someone else. Right? Um, that's what I'm guessing. But I know that Evil Corp gets uh, fucked up. Now, is that the way? Because remember how we, the, the reason that Elliot is in um, therapy at all in the first place is he like kind of lost time and tore up the machine room at the job that he had before All Safe. I'm feeling like, like he's going to fuck up Evil Core on the way out. I feel like, you know, he's not that guy who just gets his banker box full of like his few things. Although I don't even think Elliot would have a banker box full of anything. There's nothing on his desk. I think like he gets fired and something switches over or he's robot or I don't know, but I feel like he's going to fuck that place up. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I or mean, he's there when he gets fucked up. Something happens to Ecor. Um... Bad news, though. So we got on this scene, and um, again, final final dun-dun-dun with Darlene in this episode, because we, we started with her and ended with her, and we've had these scenes with her throughout that have been very troubling for me. I love this character. I don't want to see her go. Um, we go out on Elliot Smith's Everything Means Nothing to Me, and we're watching Darlene pack up her purple backpack in Shayla's apartment, and she goes to Elliot's door, and we're interior sitting on a shot uh, where the shelf is in the foreground in focus. And we hear her like, hey, dude, you know, open up. But he's not there because he's Mr. Robot over at Darlene's house. Angela's house. I'm sorry, Angela's house. And we see her come in and put the Polaroid of the family back on the shelf where she first took it when she stayed with um, Elliot that night. And I'm trying to wonder, I mean, I wonder what this, what that, what is she doing? Is she giving something back to Elliot? You know, is it just simply returning the photograph? Is the meaning that it's a reminder of their shared pain because they both lost their father and to a large degree, their mother, she's not there for them and suffered at the hands of the mother. Um, is it is she putting the trigger there to put him back to himself again in case he needs it because she knows she's not going to be around? Is it a reminder of her and that she exists? All of the above. But she's giving away all of these things. And I don't know. I feel like she's about to go off into the wildly yonder into a place where She's going to go in without a wire, and she knows that she's going to say she's saying goodbye to something. Whatever it is, she's saying goodbye to something. Some part of herself, her life, Elliot, normalcy, any 
glimpse of family. You know, she's leaving that there in that place for me. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah, I, I'm feeling the same thing. It's it doesn't it doesn't look good. It was such a great episode no. though for Darlene. I just I think Carly did a good job with the episode. She was certainly stellar in it. And like I said, I felt very deeply. There's times when Darlene would uh, like really amuse me, and then there's times when she just annoys me to no end. Um, but I feel like Carly came into her own. This season in particular, I'm enjoying uh, Darlene. Yeah, I'm I, 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 in the same boat. I'm just a little worried about her. Yeah. You know. She's the only one who tells him the truth, who's true blue, who's not betraying him. Well, to a certain degree. I mean, obviously, she's um, working with the FBI. But I think she would understand that Elliot would understand that, that they had her caught between um, a rock and a hard place. But maybe he won't forgive her. I don't know. But, um, yeah, she's she's caught. She's really caught. Well, she even told Elliot a couple episodes ago, you know, we've been we've been owned. Yeah. By the FBI. Yeah. So he knows that. Dark Army and White Rose, they know that she's working with the FBI. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of questions that we we have, and um, it's like, well, like you just what's going to happen? Yeah, and know? I think it's just waiting for the, the rest of the story to unfold, you know? I think that's what we've got in store for us is just to let it happen. Um, I did have some random observations. Yeah. Seriously, who the fuck is looking after Flipper and QWERTY? You can't just be DID all over the place planning, you know, a terrorist attack and not... Dogs need regular walks. Shayla's dead. Your sister is bouncing. You know, you need to give that dog to somebody he who gets, can... He gets the walk maybe before... He, he switches over. He goes he to comes work, home from work and he comes He switches home. over. Yeah. He comes home from work. Takes the dog for a walk. But he's alone all day, and he's alone all night. Flipper's you know, having several like, days a week. Exactly, he's having a terrible life. And is Mister Robot or Elliot remembering to put a little fish in Cordy's tank? I don't know. I just think, Jesus, you know, give Flipper to Dom. She's lonely anyway. Um, I have a feeling I could be wrong about this, but I think Elliot is always rolling around with a lock picking kit. And a and a rabbler, a voice protector. I just feel like he just has yeah. those on him. He's like, oh, I'll just crack this door. Oh, I'll just block this conversation. Well, they always have the lock lock picking thing on them. Yeah, that seems to be you their know. thing. Hackers. But going back, well, and the one thing about Dom and the rabbler is, you know, she said you never did tell me the conversation you had with Elliot in the safe house. Again, going back to what is she actually giving Dom? Where is she actually leading Dom? Does she know that she's leading Dom on um, a dead end and she's going to sacrifice herself and fall in the grenade? Or is she going to sacrifice her brother and herself? Is she going to sacrifice her brother and walk away? I don't know. Or is she going to send Dom into sacrifice Dom? She could. I you mean, ain't you ain't got shit, bitch, and I yeah. don't know you. It's like it's like like I said, you know, I don't they they've changed the motivation or at least all the characters have changed, the ones that were still here. Mm-hmm. And they've changed in a very good, exciting, curious way. And you're not, you're not going to put it together unless you sit and watch it all. I'm enjoying that. 
Um, also, uh, there's another, yet another slam on Rami's Bug Eyes. The show has mentioned it before. Norm uh, pointed out um, Elliot's Bug Eyes. I, I hope, uh, I'm sure Rami's fine with it by now. Um, by the way, I, I was saying in the last episode, I had read a, an article before we did the last podcast on Mr. Robot and thought that Rami's uh, last name, well, originally I've always thought it was Rami Malik because he has said it that way. And then this British person said it's Rami Dalek, you know, like Rami Malik, as in Dalek. No, it's Rami Malik. So sorry, Rami, if we got your name wrong, if you ever listen to this podcast. Um, I love that Irving has this line when he's talking to Terrell and he's trying to like middle manage their whole problem. And he's like, you know, look, after this whole thing's over, we'll all take a little vacation. I was hoping to finish my book. They really beach tell a novel. They got to release this because you know, it's going to be a doozy. Someone writing in character as Irving, that guy. Yeah. I liked, I liked when he was at the, um, he's at the wheelbarrow with, uh, uh, Angela, Angela and, and, and he's, you know, describing or telling her how, you know, they, they do the, the mop. And that's where he says, um, what does he say? Uh, red wheelbarrow understands. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great t-shirt. It's just red wheelbarrow <laughs> understands and just that the logo on it. I like it. Somebody's doing it right now as you speak. As the episode came off the line, I'm sure there's t-shirts available somewhere. Now, what did you think of the recipe? It was like two tablespoons of rub, two cups of apple cider vinegar, maybe some beer. And then you mop it on. Would you have you done? You've had because you're the you're the cook of our house. I should say, you cook inside and out. You're not just a chef. You're I mean you are a chef, but you're a grill meister as well. So, does that sound like a, a recipe yeah, that you would try? It sounds like something I would try. I think it sounds good. I think you've um, done something like that before, haven't you? Have you ever cooked with apple cider vinegar? I have. We do that in the south. You know, I have a little bit. And again, it's, you know, I don't have all the tools to to do it right. So I'm kind of like, you don't have a mop. I don't. Yeah, I'm sure we can just go to Home Depot. No, I mean it. Just you know, it's <laughs> I don't I don't do that often, and and when I do something, I, it's usually just a dry rub, right? Because you know, if I keep opening this, the the grill I have, it's you know, it's a Home Depot grill, so please sponsor it, Home Depot. It's not a, it's more grill. It's not a smoker. Furnish it's not us a, with more you know. But yeah. I mean, not a bad, you know. They know what they're they know what they're talking about, I guess, to a certain degree. But uh, wheel red wheelbarrow understands. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And put them on aprons. You know, that could be your Christmas present. That's you know. I like if that. if nobody comes up with it, I'm just gonna make one myself for you. Just a t-shirt that says that. Yeah. And just wear it around, and it'll be so meta. <laughs> Speaking of meta, meta. <laughs> like only you know, not everyone will understand that. Um. There's a lot of deepness that went on in the show. I do like to shout out again, always to the visuals, the music. Um, costumes are popping for me. Angles are popping for me. I feel like, you know, Anastasia White uh, is the production designer. She does a hell of a job of making New York look like it's kind of falling apart, but still also kind of, you know, soldiering forward. It's New York. You really can't keep New York down. Shit goes on. People people just keep on keeping on. Um, yeah, I think it was a solid episode. Um, it tended, I think there was an uptick in the ratings. That's a good sign, yeah. considering it was on opposite the World Series, which we really won't talk a whole lot about. Except for to say that uh, you, Darvish, should have not been in that game at all. Well, uh, that's enough baseball, and uh, we'll we'll 
we'll talk about and think about baseball come spring training, training but right now it's congratulations Baseball's Houston. Done. Yeah. Uh, still still love our Dodgers though. Still love them. Oh yeah. So. They'll be fine. All right, you guys have a good week. Take care of yourself. We'll see you soon. Uh, we probably won't be back to do the Walking Dead podcast this Sunday. We're going to give it a few to see where it goes and come back if uh, we have some good, positive things to say. Otherwise, we'll be back uh, next week. Next week Mr. for episode Rome. five. Yeah, episode five. What's the, ne- what's the next one called? I don't have it in front of me. I, I don't I'm know. sure it's going to be amazing, whatever it is. Uh, we will see you then, and yeah. Peace. And if I can be a